story I said over before. I once heard this a person was working in in Kirov with the uh, Russians while they were still in Russia back in the 90s and he was overseeing the program so overseeing the program so he would bring young men from from Russia here to America to yeshivas so he was there in Russia meeting with some of the, the boys that already had been, reached the stage where they're ready to come to yeshiva he's trying to figure out what the yeshiva is for them so he wants to hear a little bit about their story so he says to one of the young men, he says, tell me, why did you become Froom? Everybody, obviously, everybody started out there not Froom. They chose to become Froom. We wonder why. So one young man says an answer, which he says, when he heard the answer, he wasn't sure what it meant. So the answer the young man said was, you know, that it's very cold out there, it's very warm in here. That was the answer that he gave. So he wasn't sure what that meant, and he didn't, didn't elaborate. Shortly afterwards, he was talking with somebody else. And he asked him, why did you become from? And he said, because before, I could do whatever I want, and now I can't. Before, I could do whatever I want, and now I can't. He says, when he heard that answer, he understood the first one as well. So why is it that it's an explanation that before I could do whatever I want, and now I can't, explains why it's warm in here and cold out there. So he said... If you can do whatever you want, that means whatever you do is unimportant. A person who's a pilot of a plane has responsibilities. What he does is significant. So he can't do whatever he wants. He can't get drunk. Can't do whatever he has. He has to act a certain way because that's his responsibility. A fellow who can do whatever he wants means he has no role to play. He has no purpose, so he can do whatever he wants. Living in a world that has no purpose and it has, he has no role to play is, is very cold. Living in a world where whatever you do is valuable, is significant, and if you can't do whatever you want, is much warmer. Ritzadik says a fascinating thing. Ritzadik and Sikasatzadik says that Amun and Akarash is Mechai of Amun in ourselves. To believe in the Kodesh Baruch Hu is Mechai to believe in ourselves. They say uh, in Alcoholics Anonymous, they say that God doesn't make junk. If He made you, He knows what He's doing. See, He made you. He made you the way you come. He made you with all your chesarnas, with all of your problems, all of your taivas, all of your insecurities. He made you exactly the way He wanted to make you. He doesn't make mistakes. He knows exactly what he's doing. And he believes in you, even though you look like exactly the way you look. So you have to believe in yourself also. Because if you don't believe in yourself, what you're saying is that he, he, he didn't get it right. I, I saw this piece from Rapsodic. It goes back at least uh, 35 years. And I said it over... I spoke in the I was in Tel Zeshiva in the dining room of the Priyam Kippur Suda. So instead of the Rebbeim, there was no Rebbeim there. So one of the older Rachman spoke. They said, sit over this piece of Rosh So we're going to come in Yom Kippur. We're going to make this list of all the things that we did wrong, and we're going to be misvada and all of our chesrodes. 
if we take it seriously, it can be, it can be quite depressing. I really, I really messed up over the years. I really blew it. I got this wrong. I got that wrong. I really want to change, and it's not really happening. I, I said the same thing last year. I said the same thing the year before. I remember once I was talking with my Rashiva Chaim Stein and he made a comment about that he's working on this certain issue for the last fifty plus years. It was very depressing to hear that he's working on the same problem for the last 50 years. I cannot say that same phrase, but I can say I've worked on certain things for the last 40 years, and it's very depressing to work on the same things year after year. Until you recognize that that's not the point. The Russian made us a certain way. We're not going to change. I'm not going to become Ploini or Almoini. I'm going to be me. And I have to embrace my chesronis because those are my strengths. Every person's weaknesses are their strengths. How can I use my strengths slash chesronis in a positive way is that's my challenge of life. But to think that the Russian could if the Russian would have only made me a bigger mouth, the Russian only made me that I don't have such a, I talk too much. The Russian should have made me that, you know, I'm a little more, I think before I act. The Russian only made me, it would be so much easier in my life. It would be so much easier in your life, theoretically. But that's not true. Because then you wouldn't be you. The Russian put you in, this, in, in, the, in, in that set of parents, this, set, this temperament, and these are your challenges. So the Bali Musr, you know, they go and they say, listen, you know, so, listen, these are your concerns, these are your challenges, and you have to overcome them. So, the whole purpose of Bechira is just to fix all the problems. And I think what Rapsadok is saying, that that's not correct. What he's saying is that, Adarabha, you have to find a way to recognize how those things can be positive attributes, and positive elements. I have a story which I've said over multiple times. Uh, I know two brothers, uh, one of them is you can nickname him in glue if you want you know he puts, you put him on a base matterish he sits by his seat for 12 hours straight he shuffles, he learns, you know, it doesn't move he's great, you know, like wow every Rebbe's dream the Bereshim in his, in his infinite wisdom made his brother like the exact opposite the fellow was a jumping bean you know, was kicked out of multiple yeshivas like you know what now was, was always the, the next phrase and I was trying to figure out, like, you know, like their brothers, it's, it, their father was a Tzatrenas HaMachachim, their grandfather was one of the Gdali Ador, and, like, one of them sort of, like, fit into the mold, another one just, like, totally, you know, you wonder, was he adopted or something? I mean, it's like, how does he fit in? We move forward now, years later, and that gentleman is a Tzatrenas HaMachachim himself, but he's a person who's made from hundreds of people. I mean, hundreds of people through him. He loves a challenge. He loves the challenge. He deals with people. He's aggressive. He's assertive. He's, he loves it. He, he, that, all of his energy and all of his fight and all of his things, which when he was in, in high school, he was busy fighting with the guy in the park and getting kicked out of Yeshiva for that. He's turned into a tremendous asset, which his brother is still saying, my matters going like this. Which is fine. Right? Each person has their strengths. Now our system, the, the high school, the, 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 the educational system fits better with the boys that go like this. It doesn't really have an outlet for the guys who are fighting with the, with the guy in the park. It just, it's not, you know, 
say, well, he's doing well in yeshiva, like, you know, he just got in a fight today. Like, how are we supposed to, what's the report card? Like, how do you send it home? Like, you know, he's well in his test today. Like, you know, his test was, did he beat the guy up quickly or slowly? I, you know, like, this doesn't fit into the system. But it doesn't mean there's something wrong with it. Uh, I was, uh, I was in Lancaster this, this summer for, for two days. Uh, so uh, fa- fascinating. Re- re- I, I roll into town over there, and I meet this person that, 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 that I don't know him personally, but my brother-in-law knows him. You know, she says, "You know, the, there's a yeshiva opening here tomorrow." I said, "Well, I'm gonna be for the first day of the, of the yeshiva." I said, "Really, yeshiva opening there? Like, well, what's going on, etc." Turned out the yeshiva is being opened by an old cover of mine, um, and uh, the purpose of the yeshiva is to create a place where you can learn very stark and geschmack and you can play very stark and very geschmack, shall we say. And so it's like way out of, off the beaten path. I once heard from a, a, a very very intelligent educator, he says, you know, he really would like to open up a school for, uh, a, a high school for boys in Hawaii, for boys who have no parents. So nobody's telling him how he's supposed to raise his, deal with the kids. And there's no competition of how you're supposed to do it because no, the closest other yeshiva is like 5,000 miles away. Right? Now you can make the yeshiva exactly what you want to make for the boys. So that's what he, that's what he did over there. I guess Lancaster is almost Hawaii. Close enough. Um, definitely not where you expected. I guess there's a lot of guys walking around with beards, but not exactly uh, the right religion. So we come to Yom Kippur and we make we say this we say our vidui. Maybe the biggest vidui that we need to say is: Do we believe in ourselves? Do we accept the the way we're made? Do we accept our chesronis? Do we understand that those are strengths? And the person made us a certain way, and we should never compare ourselves and define ourselves by anybody else. I should not look over my shoulder at how the other person is doing. Um, Rebbe writes that one of the challenges we have in the the world of yeshivas is the meat of kina. Kina is literally rekabatzamas kina that I, I my, there's a withering of my being. I feel that I I'm not significant because I measure myself against all the people around me. So sitting in yeshiva that happens constantly. So that one person next to you is. He's a bigger masmid. One person is a bigger lamdan. One person is a bigger. He has a better zikaron. One person is a bit better davener. Everybody's better than you in some way or other. So when you, when you you live at home, so a Jewish mother's role in the world, when she does it right, is to recognize that her son is the greatest gift to mankind. And I'll say, and you go home every night to your mother, and your mother says, ah. The greatest gift to mankind. Mind kind is the greatest gift to mankind. So you recognize that you're talking something valuable. The problem is in yeshiva, you, you don't have the mother to go home to. You go back to the dorm and you see the same guys. You're constantly measuring yourself against everybody else. So where do I fit in? That's a mistake. Look, at Rosh Hashanah, we stand, each person stands, and the mission stress is that each person stands on a Kodesh by himself. Each person comes to Kodesh Baruch on Rosh Hashanah and he, he's, he's, he's measured against himself. Mishnah says in, in Sanhedrin that the, why the Bershom create Adam Yechidi to tell us that each person is Chayav Lomar Bishuli Nivra Ha'elam. Bishuli Nivra Ha'elam 
means the following. Rabbi Chil Michal Tukachinsky, I mentioned this, this point before, wrote a sefer about when there was a Birch HaZachama in 1953. So he wrote a sefer to go through the, 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 the halacha concept behind it, the astronomy behind it, etc. And in the introduction to the sefer, he wrote some machshav about, uh, about astronomy, about the Bria, etc. So, a little bit of historical background. There was that was the time that they were building a, a at that point in time the world's largest telescope. Actually, it's still the world, world's largest telescope, but now they have telescopes that go into space, so they get to get to see a lot more. So, it was the Hale Observatory was being built on Mount, Mount Palomar, and the scientists believed that when they're going to build this telescope, they're going to unlock the secrets of the universe. So Rebichil Michal is responding to that thought process, that we're going to unlock the secrets of the universe by building this telescope. She says, imagine there's this gigantic ball the size of this room, the size of this building. Gigantic ball. And on that ball, there's a speck of dust. So the size of that speck of dust compared to the, to the, to the ball is like, you know, it's one to millions. On a speck of dust, there's millions and millions of molecules. There's a molecule. A molecule is built up of many, many atoms. There's an atom. Inside the atom, there's an electron. And on that electron, there's this little being saying, I'm going to lock the secrets of this ball. There's a universe. There's a galaxy. There's a solar system. There's Earth, there's North America, there's California, there's Mount Palomar, there's a little building on top, there's a little guy inside saying, I'm going to lock the secrets of the universe. That's how small we are. We think about the vastness of the, of the Bria, that's how small we are. We are so small, it does, it, it, it's mind-boggling. And we are so weak. Rebaran one time said to me, he says, you know, Tainus wasn't functioning well, didn't have his coffee. So he says, you know, one of his career one time said, he says, you know, look how weak mankind is. He says, 80 cc's of coffee I didn't have this morning, ice mensch. We are defined by a cup of coffee this big. That's it. That's, the def- that's how weak mankind is. The Russian is saying, he's saying, if the world was created and it lasted for the thousands of years that it's going to last, not just Earth, but the, the, the solar system, the galaxy, the universe, trillions of light years. If all that was created, that one person should walk the face of the earth for 70 years, 80 years, and that one person is you, it was worth it to make the whole real. That's what Bishwili Nivra Ha'ala means. The more we understand the vastness of the creation, the more we understand how puny we are and how ridiculously small we are. If it says as only all minute compared to the Bria in time and in space, the more we realize how great we are. Because we have to be very great to be worth it to create something which is twenty of light years long, just for me. 
So the smaller we are, the bigger we are. And that one guy who was created was me with all of my tithes and all of my gaiva and all of my self, my self-doubt and all of my chesronas and every single problem that I have versus is worth to create the whole universe that you should walk the face of the earth for 70 years. They always ask this question, something that the modern, there's all these books written about self-esteem. This, my friend, is called self-esteem. This is the Torah version of self-esteem. You are so valuable, there's nothing valuable like you. Now, it's, it's challenging. It's challenging because we don't have, that's the purpose of the Jewish mother, to convince us that we are talking the purpose of the whole universe, right? But our Jewish mothers aren't always working as well as we like them to. And we need to do it ourselves. Now that sounds gaivadik, that sounds like you know, you're focusing. Actually, it's very not gaivadik. A person who has that recognition, and he really believes it, doesn't need to reinforce it, because he knows it. So you know what he his life? He focuses it on other people. But the person who doesn't have that we can't deny that we want that. We want to know that we're special. We want to know that we're valuable. We, we need to know that we're special. We need to know that we're valuable. We want to be some, unique in some way. So I spend my whole life trying to prove it to myself and to the world. So my focus is on me. You know, the guy goes to the chasta and he's thinking about, basically thinking about, you know, I dance really gishmak. People thought I dance really gishmak, you know. I dress nicely. People notice how nice I dress. You went to the Chassid team with some after your, your, your friends. Yeah, uh, of course, that's sort of the truth. But I, 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 I need to be noticed. I need to stick out. Why? Because I need to feel, I need to feel special. Because you know what, you are special. But I'm not convinced that I'm special. And I need to know that I'm special because I am. The Russian made me that way. He made me that I'm unique. But I'm not convinced. So I'm going to make sure that I'm noticed. Or th- if, if I don't make sure I'm noticed, I'm thinking about I wish I was noticed. Why did everyone notice him more than me? Why do I think he's so good? And, and, and what about me? I'm not so bad. Like, why do he always get picked and not me? You know, like, why am I thinking about these thoughts? Because deep down, I'm quite inside. I'm so insecure. I'm so not sure if I am special. And I need you to tell me that I'm special. And I need you to tell me that I'm special. So the Mary writes that a person who runs after COVID... Because this is what the word covered means. Covered means value. Mm-hmm. First of all, after covered is worse than the biggest of Adesaranik because he's bowing down to the whole world. I, in a moment of honesty, a young man said to me, he says, you know, I care about what a five-year-old kid thinks about me. That's sad. I mean, I want to be nice to him also. I don't want to make him feel bad. But like, you know, you know Reverend Arnold, you're really... Cool. Okay. Hey, Reverend Rangel, you're really not cool. Okay. Like, you know, like, what, I'm defining myself. Oh, I feel so bad. The kid thinks I'm not so cool. I really, like, whatever the word they use now, I don't know. Whatever. All right. I'm, de- I'm defining myself by what a five year old thinks about me. He was honest that he was so not clear about his value that the five-year-old gets to decide his fate. Are you valuable? If the five-year-old says you're valuable, you're valuable. If not, not. The five-year-olds are very fickle. 
don't rely on five-year-olds. Those of you, those of you who have five-year-olds are, are, are laughing. You know, like, mommy, you're the most wonderful person in the world. Mommy, I hate you. About ten minutes between the two. Like, how do you get your value from your five-year-old? So what about the 15-year-old? What about the 25-year-old? That's how you get your value? The Bershom made you, he didn't make a mistake. And you're perfect. You're exactly what the Bershom wanted to make you. Now that means you have to take your strengths, you have to work with your weaknesses, you have to develop it, and you have to be, be honest with that, that, that's, that, that there's, there are tremendous strengths inside of you. The beginning of the says, Re'eh, comes. So the biggest problem is, Moshe Rebbe is talking to the Klai, so he says, Re'eh, So what do you mean, Re'eh? I mean, what is Moshe showing that? So, the Medrash has multiple shaltim, multiple shaltim, but the first shalt the Medrash says, is, Re'eh, see me, look at me. Look at me. Look what happened when I was Berkeley Batayv. So Moshe Reynolds says, look at, look at me. Now Moshe Reynolds is on me, That doesn't sound very anemistic. Moshe Reynolds said, listen, you know, I want you to understand that I am the showcase for the one who got it right. And if I would say that, you wouldn't think that that's very becoming for a, a rabbi to say that. So Moshe Reynolds gets up and says, look at me. Moshe Reynolds wasn't taking credit. He was recognizing what he, what he was. I wasn't saying that I, therefore I deserve praise I deserve accolades I deserve that you bow down to me Moshe Rebbe was recognizing what he accomplished that's not that's not gaiva that's aware, awareness that's honesty if I say therefore you need to uh, praise me therefore you need to think I'm special that's a gaiva issue Moshe Benu could have recognized that, recognized all the siyat and that he had in his life to get there. So, I don't take credit for it. The Bershom did it, allowed me to do this. The Bershom helped me to do this. But I accomplished. There's a... There's a story... I'm scared to say the story to some extent. It's a Rambam. Now here's Mishnah says a story. I want you to think about this story for a second. Please, just think about the story. Rambam says a story about, they asked a Chassid, you know, Chassid at the time of the Rambam, the Rambam's calling this person a Chassid. What was the happiest day of your life? So I asked, you stop and think the happiest day of your life right so I don't know some guys say you know I won an award for something my bar mitzvah some point where I I was given recognition I felt good about myself I felt so good the day which I had a lot of pleasure we went on vacation and I really had such a good time those are the things there's no, there's no emo- negative emotion, just positive emotions. So he asked this question, what was the happiest day of his life? So he answered the following story. 
says he was once traveling on a ship and he was a poor man so he was traveling down he was staying down on the hold and on this ship there were some rich men rich businessmen who were staying in the, the, the better accommodations up above at one point in time one of the they looked at him with, the, with the disdain and scorn you know he's a poor person you know they thought they were much better than him at one point in time one of the individuals needed to relieve himself and came down into the hold and let, did his bodily functions on my body on top of me the level of loneliness that that individual had he said and I, my reaction was it didn't bother me at all it didn't bother me at all that was the happiest day of my life that person had perfected that person had perfected that my definition of my value was so clear to me that somebody could do the most despicable disgusting act to me totally showing total disdain for my value and it doesn't affect me at all I know my value I know what I am you can't touch me. You can't define me. You can degrade me through the, the greatest degradation, and it won't affect me. Akiva, I know what I am. I know what I'm not. But you play zero role in my life. So that was the happiest day in my life. I had such a clarity of who I am, of what my value is, what my, what my role is, what my purpose is, that I'm not going to define myself by the fact that somebody else looks at me with scorn. It's hard. This is this is very sweet tape that Yeshiva has called called It's from a Mashkiach in Eretz Yisrael, and he has the Ha'ara a little bit differently than the way Rebbe says it. He says the challenge we have nowadays is the, the 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 size of Yeshivas and the amount of people doing quote unquote the right thing. So what's my value? I'm I'm one of hundreds of thousands of tens of thousands. See, has a fascinating aura. If you look at the, the, the contract of the Chassam Seifer, when he moved to Preshburg, so he moved to Preshburg on the condition that they support a yeshiva. That the, the members of the community will not only hire, pay his salary, they're also only to commit to supporting yeshiva. The Bacham didn't have money, they didn't, there was no tuition and those that the community would support. So the contract says that the some cipher arranged with the community pressure that they're going to commit to support and pay for eight bachrim to sit and learn with the some cipher. That was yeshiva, right? Eight bachrim was a yeshiva. That was like, wow, we have a yeshiva now in town. Ron told me that the reklavim zikhul bracha. Walked in the first one of the first few days after the Shiva Gadol had started. We had like 15 Bakrim, and not all of them were there even. Like he walks in and he says, A Yeshiva in Silver Spring. And you know, Rabbi is just coming from the mirror, like, you know, with a few thousand Bakrim. And Reclavin sees like the two table, you know, two tables to put together, and about eight Bakrim sitting on the table, and he's saying, A Yeshiva in Silver Spring. Right? Eight Bakrim, that was Yeshiva. So if, if there's only eight bachrim that defines the yeshiva, you know, they were, they were pretty scarce, yeshiva bachrim. So yeshiva, I'm a yeshiva, I'm a yeshiva bachrim. One of the most, the elite of Klai Yisrael, I'm sitting and learning the Rosh Hashanah. 
I'm not the leader of Klai Yisrael. There's like 100,000 people doing the same thing as me. So how can I feel good about myself? But it's a toast. I don't define myself by the person next to me. One last thought. The person created me. Created me exactly who I am. And he wants to have a relationship with me. Because Yiddishkeit is not about rules. Yiddishkeit is not about what you have to do or you don't have to do. You have a marriage. You know, so there are marriages, there's a lot of rules, there's a lot of do's and don'ts. You, know, you, know, you have to make sure that you put, away your, put your socks into the hamper, your smelly socks into the hamper, please. Take out the garbage. A lot of rules you have to do. So to compliment your wife after the meal. So, so, so what is marriage? Marriage is a lot of rules. No, marriage is a relationship. The rules help maintain and enhance the relationship. The written rules, the unwritten rules, the unspoken rules, the understanding of what... But it's not that marriage is rules. Do's and don'ts. That's what Yiddishkeit is. The version created, he says, that I, you are so worthwhile to create. Why? Because I want a relationship with you. I want to have, now I'm going to give you a list of do's and don'ts. And the purpose of do's and don'ts is to maintain the relationship. To enhance the relationship. To define the relationship. To clarify the relationship. But if all it is is a list of, I really blew it this year, I got these things wrong, these things right, etc. That's all it is. We missed the boat. Versus says, I want a relationship with you. That's what makes it very warm in here. And very cold out there. You are so valuable to me that I'm willing to create the world, not that you should exist, but I should have a relationship with you. You, that puny, small, minute, tiny being, are so valuable to me that I'm willing to create the whole world just to have a relationship with you. So our avoida is to reach back and create a relationship with the Kodesh Baruch